Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. I am so excited to have one of my heroes on today. Uh, Seth Tibbet is extraordinary. He um, has an extraordinary, fascinating life, and he's going to tell us all about it today. Now, a lot of leaders of industry come on and they talk about all their amazing accomplishments and their confidence, but this new autobiography that you have that we urge everybody to get uh, you, we put the Amazon link on uh, the intro. You can uh, order it uh, and and savor it. You actually talk about the fact that you were this hippie, that you had a lot of failure, and now you have a, a business that some estimate is worth $100 million. Tell us how this happened. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. It's uh, great to be on, you know. Uh this was a long journey, uh, searching for the wild tofurkey, which really started in 1972 when I read the amazing book by Francis Moore LePay, Diet for a Small Planet, which is now in its 50th year uh, of being printed. It was an amazing book that really pointed out the inefficiency of sending these grains through animals that you could feed directly to people and get a 16 to 1 benefit in, in efficiency when you did that. You know, uh, I read that, and I was a naturalist at the time, and I said, boy, this is really an, a terrible system, and it's putting a lot of pressure on the environment and the habitat and all of these wonderful natural places that I love so much. So I became a vegetarian, and I was a poor vegetarian. I was eating a lot of junk food, vanilla wafers, and potato chips, and things like that. But I soon started reading the books uh, coming out of a place called The Farm in Tennessee, which was doing groundbreaking work with soy products. They had 1,200 hippies living on 1,600 acres of land in Tennessee. And I went there, and one of the foods that I discovered there was tempeh, which is this amazing Indonesian fermented soy product. And I just fell in love with it. And I made it for myself. And then I started making it for friends and bigger batches. And in 1980, when Ronald Reagan came into the White House, a lot of my natural history jobs uh, ended like on the spot because he wasn't so big on environmental jobs. So I said, well, these guys like business. Maybe I'll try my hand at business. Nobody was making a really good tempeh in uh, the Portland area. So I started making tempeh in this small little food co-op that I loved. And I would go in there at four o'clock and I'd bring my pots and pans in there. I invested 2,500 bucks and I could make 100 pounds of tempeh in a night. That was an eight hour shift. And I would get in my little car the next day and I'd drive it all around to the natural food stores in Portland, which today, of course, is a vegan Mecca. But it back then was even 
you know, a vegan Mecca, but nobody knew what tempeh was. So I had a long haul um, losing money with tempeh. You know, after I started my business, I went to see my aunt Rosie in Minnesota, who I was so excited and I was telling her all about this great business I was going to do. And she just stopped me and said, Seth, this is a terrible idea. Nobody wants to eat moldy soybeans. This is a meat-eating country. It's always going to be a meat-eating country. And this is a terrible idea. And so I said, well, thanks for the advice, Rosie. Great to hear your support, but I'm going to go ahead and do this anyway. So I had uh, really 10 years of learning. I wasn't the smartest business person, you know. I was more like a tempeh guy, and I was seeing my tempeh business grow, but I didn't have much money. I only was able to take home $300 or so a month for 10 years. For the first 10 years, I averaged 300 bucks. And so at that point, I was like, how am I going to survive? And I couldn't afford nice rental places. So I went to a neighbor and I rented three trees for 25 bucks a month. And I built a three-story tree house that I lived in for seven years and till 1992 when I got married, we soon had our beautiful son, Luke was born. And at that point, I just felt like a total failure in business and I was sort of looking for a way out. I started writing a book on tree houses and uh, that didn't really work out. Somebody beat me to the punch and wrote a book on tree houses. Uh, now. And so, I don't know. I was just, I had this existential nausea, like, what am I doing? I'm sort of throwing away my life, failing, not really paying myself anything, not paying the workers what is a really good livable wage. And then five minutes later, boom, Tofurky came around and it really came around out of a personal need. I was always puzzled as a vegetarian what to eat at Thanksgiving. So that's kind of the short uh, abridged story that you find in the book um, about my- How did you come up with tofurkey? Because yes. it's so delicious and it has that filling feeling that one gets when one wants to just have a feast. And um, it, it gives you that it, it takes, it gives you that same feeling that you're looking for. It's not like just, not that I have anything against tofu, a slab of tofu. There's something about tofurkey that is magical. How did you come up with that? Yeah, so the, the whole concept came out of a lot of failed Thanksgiving personal experiences. You know, we had a gluten roast you couldn't cut with a chainsaw and you had a stuffed pumpkin that collapsed in the oven and everything. And then in 1994, I met uh, with my friend Hans Robel, who was making these stuffed tofu roasts, and they were just mashing up tofu and putting it in a colander that was lined with a cheesecloth, and then you'd take your fist and you'd pound it into the center of the tofu, and you'd fill that little cavity with your stuffing. You'd take the cheesecloth and flip this roast out onto a... Um, baking pan and you would just baste it and bake it in the oven. This was great fresh. Um, and I, I thought, wow, this is what I've been looking for. 
And so I said, we're going to market this under the name Tofurky. And everybody was like, that is the stupidest name I ever heard of. You know, it's like, you can't do that. This is serious. you got to be serious. And I was like, dude, I've been trying to be serious for 15 years and it's gotten me nowhere. I'm just going to, you know, have some fun with this and see what happens. And so Tofurky was born and uh, we shipped it out. And we put little postcards in there because this is before the internet, you know, and how did you get a hold of um, companies? You wrote them letters and you called them on the phone. And anyways, we got all these cards and letters back from the 818 Tofurkeys that we sold in 1995. And people were just raving about like, finally, one of them said, I have, I'm not a second class citizen anymore at the Thanksgiving table. This is the food I've been waiting for for 20 years, you know, and uh, we just had the feeling we got a few little media hits and we just thought we found a niche here. And uh, that's, I want, I want to jump in because we, so many people are fans of yours. We've got some callers, Adida, your question or thought for Seth Tibbet, the founder of Tofurky, who's written this extraordinary new autobiography, which you can get, um, we have the link on Amazon. Uh, it's it's a great book. I was reading it last night, and wow, it's a page turner. What's your question, Adida? Hi, Jane. Hi, Seth. Um, I just want to congratulate you on all you've done to kind of revolutionize the idea of what the centerpiece of the Thanksgiving table is. And I've been vegan over 20 years, and I don't know what I would have done without Tofurky all those years. Um, and I want to say also that we've been, this is the second year we're doing vegan tofurkey and other roast giveaways in New York City, um, because as we all know, there's always these turkey giveaways that elected officials do, especially for people in need. But we've had such a tremendous um, positive feedback in the neighborhoods we've been in when we, give, we do these giveaways of tofurkey and vegan roasts of people that are so thrilled that they have the option of having a plant-based uh, roast instead. And because it's delicious, it's better for the environment, it's cruelty-free. So I just want to thank you for, you know, what you've done here and really changing the world uh, for this holiday, which is so kind of, you know, a sad day for many <laughs> vegans and people like us because of what's normally at, at the center of the table, but we're really, what a difference in, you know, from when you started this to where we are today, or how normalized these options are now, these alternatives that are considered, you know, mainstream now, where you can get them in any store. It's amazing what you've done. So thank you. Well, thank you for calling wow. in, Adita. Um, I, I think I've read, and, and listen, the statistics are mind-numbering, uh, Millions of animals, that's a statistic. One beautiful turkey is an individual and people can relate more to the individual than the number. But I think it's something like 45 million turkeys are killed in America to celebrate Thanksgiving. I mean, uh, it's it's gut-wrenching. And I avoid uh, Thanksgiving uh, ceremonies that involve a dead animal. I call it Thanksgiving. Uh, three or four or five or six vegans come over and we partake in a tofurkey and uh, we have a great time. Uh, we prove 
that you don't need to kill to celebrate or to give thanks. Where has this gone? Because yes, you have food that you make that people can eat every day of the year, but Thanksgiving is the penultimate example of where Tofurky is filling this incredible need, Seth. Yeah, sure. And first of all, I want to thank Adita for, you know, her incredible work in New York City. And, you know, just it warms my heart seeing people that, you know, spend their time and they're not really getting paid. These are nonprofit um, people that are doing amazing things uh, for animals. And, you know, when we first started making uh, Tofurky, I would always get the question, do you ever think that you will see a day when, you know, Tofurky or meatless alternatives at Thanksgiving become the norm? And I was always like, yes, I see that coming. And it's funny, but last week I just read a recent 2019 study where they called up 1,050 Americans and they asked, would you consider eating uh, spending Thanksgiving where you do not eat a turkey. And 30% of Americans uh, in that poll said yes, they would consider that and they are considering that. You know, whether they will actually do it, of course, is another question. But the fact that, the, that that's over 100 million Americans are now considering eating meatless at Thanksgiving. And that's a huge number. If we could just convince that 30% of Americans to follow through on that pledge, that would save 20 million turkeys. And so I see that as like a really positive um, thing that's, that's happening right now. We are seeing the biggest shift in diets that we've ever seen. And this is one of the the, the biggest social reform movements that we've ever seen on the planet. So, Well, we've got more callers who want to talk to you. Paige, your question for Seth Tibbet, author of a fantastic new autobiography uh, outlining his incredible rise to this enormous company that started out just with a feeling in his heart. Go ahead. Thank you so much. Well, I have to tell you, our favorite is the Italian I actually want to talk to the distribution because I'm seeing those Italian sausages available, those vegan sausages, in more stores here in the Los Angeles uh, metropolitan, you know, California area. So thank you. How do we, you know, how do you see us uh, getting this information out to more people um, on a global scale? Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, uh, thank you for that call. And I, I just think that, you know, the portal to the human heart is the taste of food. People want to, you know, enjoy their food. So, you know, pe- there's so many great tasting meat alternatives out now that are just moving the ball forward. But, you know, it's also people like uh, you who are finding delicious ways to prepare these and serve them to friends and family and, you know, take to potlucks. And Thanksgiving's a very special time because it's a food holiday. It's a time when we all sit down together and we talk about what everybody's eating. So it's a great, you know, Tofurky has been a vehicle to spark that conversation and 
get people thinking, you know, uh, about what they're, they're eating and how or they're who living. they're eating, as it were. True. <laughs> um, exactly. Lindsay, Lindsay, your question or thought for Seth Tibbet, author of, author of an incredible new autobiography. Well, uh, thank you so much, for uh, Seth, for all you do. I just want to say I am going to be making um, tofurkey roast for Thanksgiving, and I have the unfortunate um, situation of having to dine with non-vegans. I normally walk out during the dinner part of it, um, which for me isn't even enough really anymore. And I think next year I'm going to do a complete one here at my home and let my husband go to the other party. But anyway, um, I'm going to be bringing several dishes and that will be one of the dishes. And people are curious. They go, oh, what's that? You know, and they try it and stuff like that. So I love and I'm so encouraged by that statistic of 30% considering it. And I think it's partially because of the health thing. You don't feel good after you eat turkey. So um, which is a horrible thing to even think of. But thank you so much. I just wanted to make that comment. Yeah, thank you, Lindsay. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, growth uh, of tofurkey as a food item in general and specifically on holidays. But we're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio, and then we will stay live on Facebook. We're going to be back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influence channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel you are listening to jane unchained to reach the show today call in to 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 you may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. We are here. 
here with Tofurky founder Seth Tibbet, my hero. He has written this new autobiography, uh, his extraordinary life. Please hold up the book. And it's called Wild Tofurky in Search of the Wild Tofurky. Oh, my gosh. It's a great ride because it's not your typical, oh, I went to a business school, then I started a big company, and then I did an IPO, and now I'm a billionaire. You've been extraordinarily successful, but it was more of a journey of the heart. Um, wow. Uh Let's talk a little bit about your success. I, you're very modest and you keep wanting to talk about the struggles and the failures, but let's face it, this is a knockout success. A, are you considering an IPO? We've had the Oatly IPO. We've had the Beyond Meat IPO. There's talk of other uh, vegan companies, plant-based companies going public. Are you uh, considering that? Yeah, you know, um, it's an interesting time right now. So, we're 41 years into this business as a family-run and independent business. And, you know, that's been our business model and that's how we've grown, you know, without any equity sold outside the family. Um, but, you know, in business, you always do look at the business model that you have and what are the conditions that are in the business now. And this is a jet stream that we're on right now. This is a wild ride that is very different than the way it was in 1981 when I started uh, selling the first tempeh. So in answer to your question, you know, nothing's off the table and we are looking at all these different uh, strategies in order to blow up Tofurky even more because we've had a great ride and we continue to, you know, it's been a really good last couple of years, actually last year, which was, challenging from the standpoint of COVID and trying to keep everybody in the plant healthy and everything. We still grew 22%, which is a huge number for a company that's been in business as long as we have. And this year's a very good year too. We don't know where it'll uh, end up, but, you know, we could have sold a lot more, you know, there's supply chain issues and hard to get packaging and things now, but, um, yeah, it's it's been a, a great year, and we'll have to just wait and see, Jane, um, what we end well, up doing. One of the reasons why I'm urging all these companies to go public is that from a media standpoint, I think it spreads the word. Even beyond the, the financial aspect, you see people on CNBC and on Bloomberg and on Fox Business and on all these channels discussing it, and then they taste it. And even if some of them say, well, it's never going to – because there is a carnist perspective, a media yeah, sure. perspective on those. But I've seen uh, so many incredible conversations come out of a vegan IPO that never would have happened. And additionally, because in our culture, money talks, somehow after Beyond Meat went public, people who used to literally, and I mean literally, laugh in my face, go, ha, they suddenly are like, wow, that beyond me, like it tastes better because it became a public company and they're making money. Uh, it was it was hilarious in a weird way to me. But that's our culture. Like if something is um, making money, it's assumed to be somehow uh better, even even better tasting, which is which is absurd. But but that was the reaction that I experienced just from people that I know. Um, so what are your thoughts about that, about 
of the media and how Tofurky might have gone from this hippy dippy thing that was almost like a joke, like go cold Tofurky. Now it's like this uh, just explosive growth and um, it's the name on everybody's tongue. Well, that's a good point on the media. You know, Tofurky in 1995 went deep into the American culture where no beat alternative had gone before. And it was largely a factor of media that just went crazy for this, you know, because they always had to have a Thanksgiving story and there's these tired old stories that they've been running for years. And so to have this um, alternative brand, uh, something coming on that was, you know, shocking to people that there was even a market, you know, the day that Tofurky first started selling, the New Yorker had a full page cartoon about the rock hard Thanksgiving tofu turkey dinner. And it was all like, ha ha, talking about uh, it as a joke, but it wasn't a joke and people were buying it. And it was just the, the shows and the novels and the movies and all of the placement. We couldn't afford that. We were a small company and we got all of this free um, publicity, which really propelled the brand forward and into, you know, today's world where we still at Thanksgiving get all of these calls. And it's amazing that this story seems to never die. I'm just uh, amazed after 21 years that there's this story. But to your point about all of the attention that Beyond and Impossible are bringing to the categories, it's great. We love it, you know, because when, first of all, you know, our vision is a vegan world. And right now, even with all of this incredible growth, there's still a vast discrepancy between the amount of protein that people are getting from these plant-based meats uh, versus animal-based meats. You know, the average American is still consuming 200 pounds of meat a year from animals. So, it's it's bigger than what any one brand going from this very small one or two percent of the protein market that we have right now to the 99 100 percent and what i like about beyond and impossible and all these other vegan companies is that they are mission-based you know it isn't just a money play you would think it might be but you look at pat brown you look at ethan brown i've met Ethan, I haven't met Pat, but I've listened to him. And they're, they're mission companies. And that, that's the superpower, really, of all vegan companies is that they have this mission. And, you know, just when there's all this noise in the category and the category is growing, it's great for our mission of veganizing the world, but it's also great for our business because it's easier for Tofurky to put products into these sets in supermarkets when the category is really hot and happening than when it's cold. Cause we've been in business 41 years. We've seen times when the category was shrinking, you know, mm-hmm. and now we've seen this time when the category is growing and there's all this talk and great noise coming in. So um, it's a win-win and we just think we all rise together and, you know, we want to see all, vegan businesses succeed. So what inspired you to write the book? And for those who are interested maybe in starting a a plant-based business, 
I think this would be a great template because you don't hold back. Uh, it's not a vanity piece. You talk about all the mistakes you made. And uh, tell me about some of those mistakes. <laughs> well, you know, you could um, argue that uh, my Aunt Rosie might have been right, you know, the first 10 years. I mean, I was a little bit ahead of the time, I guess, uh, in doing that. But, you know, we had um, products like I had this tempeh product called KISS, Keep It Simple Stir Fry. And I thought it was a cool name. And, you know, we had these, uh, I, I reasoned that the reason tempeh wasn't bigger was you needed, uh, you know, to know how to cook it. So we, we were trying to make it bomb-proof and easy. So I got these uh, kind of plastic yogurt containers and I put tempeh cubes in there. And we had three different flavors of uh, marinade, so we were marinating the tempeh, and it was great, like right out of the gate, but the longer it sat in that marinade, it just soaked up the tempeh, and it became kind of mushy, and they were just uber salty and everything, and so the longer they sat on the shelves, uh, the less appetizing they became, well, so that was a mistake, you know. Let's talk about the success. I seem, because I've been eating tofurkey for a long time, and is it my imagination or is it getting better and better tasting? Is the filling getting tweaked? There's something about it like uh, that it seems like every time I try it, it's a little bit different and a little bit better. And also, let's talk about it, with turkey, they have the gravy. You Tell us about that, how you, you bring in all the elements that people need to have that experience of the comfort food and the holiday food. Yeah, um, so we do tweak um, our products as, you know, new weapons in the arsenal of the culinary arsenal become available, but it's not a whole lot different, um, but there there have been some improvements in the manufacturing of it, and I had that same question uh, this year, like I was walking through the plant and I was like, the sage aroma, you know, is very beautiful. We just had Joanne MacArthur in there uh, in the plant filming and doing this great uh, piece. We certainly love her um, so much, but I was like, I, and I called up and I said, did we change the stuffing recipe? This smells so good. And then I ate uh, a tofurkey that I cooked up on a, a podcast and I was like, boy, this stuff, it is, but it's, she said, nope, it's the same recipe. So uh, I think our taste buds, we don't remember uh, sometimes like what it was like, but it's been, uh, yeah, the gravy is, is really my favorite because we make uh, these vegan mashed potatoes and, you know, have the tofurkey and then pouring the gravy over and then a little cranberry on the side. I mean, it's unbelievable uh, what a great taste that is. And, but the gravy ties everything together. You know, it splashes over your Brussels sprouts and everything. And it just makes this uh, incredible savory experience. I mean, I could literally drink the gravy <laughs> just by itself. So tell me, for people who have not tried tofurkey, you, yeah. I'm going to go over to Whole Foods and get it, but you can get it. Where can you get it? And then do you purchase the 
gravy separately. I mean, lay it all out for people who are looking at this and going, wow, you know, I need to lower my cholesterol. Uh, Tofurkey, zero cholesterol. Uh, Turkeys have uh, cholesterol because animals produce cholesterol. It's uh, healthy. It's delicious. It bakes like a turkey in the sense you can put it in the oven. Um, Lay it out like, okay, I'm watching. I've never tried it. What do I do? Okay, so... Uh, there's two really good recipes that are super easy that uh, we recommend, and they're both on our website, tofurkey.com. The, the basic um, thing you've got to remember about tofurkeys is they're already pre-cooked, you know, like, so there isn't like this um, really raw product that you have to uh, overcooked. So you're just trying to heat this up and just putting a little bit of oil and some herbs on there. Uh, and then I like to put it in a casserole dish with potatoes and carrots and whatever other veggies you have on hand, and then cover it with a lid and just stick it in the oven at 350 for about an hour and 20 minutes. And then you take it out and voila, you're done. It's so simple. But even simpler than that is this recipe called Aunt Jean's uh, Cranberry Crock-Pot recipe. And what you do is you take a, you get a Crock-Pot or just a a big pot on your stove and you put in uh, some veggie broth, like uh, 8 to 16 ounces of veggie broth. You put in a can of cranberries, uh, whole cranberries, and then you put in some uh, onion soup mix, dehydrated onion soup mix. And then you just let it simmer for uh, about an hour. And, oh, man, it's just like you just walk away. You don't have to do anything. It just keeps the tofurkey so moist and juicy that it's just unbelievable. And you know, there's so much else you've got to do. There's side dishes to repair. There's people you haven't seen for a while. Why do you want to spend all your time in the kitchen? This is just like throw it in the pot, keep it moist, keep the lid on, come back an hour, hour and a half later, go for a walk, and voila, you're there. It's just a bomb-proof, you know, and, moist, and- beautiful, juicy tofurkey you throw on the gravy, and you are done. And the gravy is a tofurkey product that you purchase separately? It's sold both separately and then in stores like, I believe, uh, Ralph's, for instance, down uh, in Southern California, but Publix, Kroger's, they all have this uh, tofurkey roast and gravy where it's in there. But most of the time, the gravy is sold separately in the freezer section um, of your store. So, When um, did you know that you had a hit on your hands? You talk about... You had this hippie upbringing, you went vegetarian, you wanted to find a product that vegetarians could eat on Thanksgiving, you had failures 15 years, your, some of your relatives told you you're crazy, and then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, this is a hit. When did yeah. you know that your life had changed and you were going to uh, essentially go down in uh, history as somebody who created a product that was a game changer? Well, 
pretty much right off, you know, I mean, because we had never seen the response to a product like we saw to the first Berkey's. But um, where I really felt like um, we had made it was um, one night, it was in 2001, it was like six years into it, we'd just come off of this, you know, increasingly fantastic holiday sales uh, cycle. And it was seven o'clock and I'm sitting at my desk and the phone rings and I'm like, am I gonna answer this? I'm like, okay, I'll answer it. And so I answer the phone and this voice on the other end goes, Seth, Seth. And I go, Aunt Rosie, is that you? <laughs> and it was like, she said, yes, Seth, you were just the $400 answer on Jeopardy. It was like Thanksgiving meatless alternative made by entrepreneur Seth Tivitt. And she was like, I look at, you know, Jeopardy every day. And, you know, I remember telling you, you know, what a good idea this was. <laughs> oh, thanks, Aunt Rosie. But you know, actually, she was the one who said that was a bad idea. Yeah, no, she, she wasn't really recanting as much, but she was happy for me. She was rewriting history, but yeah. I'm glad you took it in stride and gave her that uh, win <laughs> that she yeah. didn't deserve. That's why you're where you're at because you're uh, you've got you 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 see the big picture. It's not about being right. It's about uh, right. helping people transition. Um, we're going to take another short break on Voice America Radio, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. And when we co come back, we're going to talk about the future of tofurkey and the future of food. Stay right there. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. I am so thrilled to be talking to my hero, Seth Tibbet, 
uh, the founder of Tofurky, an extraordinarily successful plant-based company, one of the first out there that really sort of led the plant-based movement that is now hitting the tipping point. He is the author of a new autobiography, In Search of the Wild Tofurky. Show us the book, Seth. There it is, In Search of the Wild Tofurky. It is a wild ride. Anybody, how a biz- what's, the, what's the tagline there? Oh, it says, how a business misfit pioneered plant-based foods before they were cool. <laughs> and you started out as a business misfit. Now oh, yeah. you've got a $100 million company. And uh, I asked him if he's going to go public. Uh, of course, he's not going to reveal that here. But um, what's next? What, what, what do we see coming down the pike for this incredible company that not only puts out Tofurky as a centerpiece Thanksgiving meal, alternative to eating a, a dead turkey, but also the gravy, also the deli slices that I always use to have great sandwiches, the tofurkey slices. You've got a lot of different products. I, I, I don't even know them all. There's so many. What's next? So what's next? Um, one of the things that recently changed to us is we started a new brand, which is called Mucho Dot com and muchofoods.com and this is a cheese brand so you know we had been developing cheese for five or six years um, looking for a better melting and um, shredding cheese so we have uh, developed the mucho brand of cheese which has a mozzarella cheddar and a fiesta blend and they are fabulous they're made with fava bean and uh the the protein there is it's just like all my favorite cheese already and that was done by uh the r&d people that were led by my stepson jamie who is president and running the company's day-to-day uh things now so it's it's all in the family we've also started selling uh, a new cream cheese that we're just doing a soft launch on now and uh, this is a very exciting cream cheese that we've come up with. And, uh, and you know, I have to jump in and say, for those who are listening, we're not talking about cheese from cows, the breast milk of cows. Correct. We're talking about cheese, cheese from fava beans and from plant-based sources. And yes. you know that uh, Actually, they have tried government uh, in cahoots with industry to stop vegan companies from even being able to use words like butter and cheese. But so far, uh, they've lost that battle, thank gosh, because, uh, well, you wouldn't be able to say nut meat. You wouldn't be able to say, I mean, and they said, oh, people would get confused. No, nobody's going to get confused. We're not stupid. So uh, luckily, that's been defeated thanks to incredible organizations like the Animal Legal Defense Fund and other groups that have um, really said, hey, this is a freedom of speech issue. Don't tell us we can't say butter or cheese. But when you talk about your cream cheese, what is the primary ingredient in that uh, cream cheese, Seth? Yeah, so uh, that is also, you know, it has the the fava um, in there. But I just wanted to point out that uh, Tofurky has actually had a part. We've teamed up with the Animal Legal Defense Fund, and we've uh, sued four states, um, Missouri, Louisiana, and Oklahoma, and one other. I, I'm losing track of all the ones we've sued. But, um, 
you know, it, it is, as you say, it's a solution looking for a problem. They're maintaining that, you know, this is all confusing and what's the poor consumer? How are they going to tell the difference between a veggie burger and a beef burger? I mean, it's just so hard to do. Like they suddenly, they can apparently do all right telling what's the difference between a chicken burger and a hamburger. Hamburger doesn't even have ham in it, but uh it's it's a fight that's now and it's a sign of progress really because you know gandhi had the famous quote first they ignore you then they laugh at you then they fight you then you win this is a fight stage right now we're we're one stage from winning so the fact that the animal based industries are so upset about you know this emerging other protein is a really a good sign but we were continue to do that. We're, we're also working on some seafood products. I would say, you know, it's like people sometimes uh, think that we have a boundless supply of fish, which is not the case. And, you know, our oceans are getting depleted, overfished. So we're excited to be working with some uh, new seafood products. You know, there's, there's still plenty of room to grow. Um, and there's plenty of white space out there, as we call it, that, you know, we have a need for developing um, new products. So that's what we feel like our mission is to uh, expand and keep the brand growing throughout the world. Um, it's amazing to see what's going on. This isn't just a U.S. phenomenon. The, the world is going vegan crazy right now. Do you know the... Uh, country that has the most vegan restaurants, Jane, or the city in the world? What city in the world would you say has the most vegan restaurants? Berlin. Berlin's a good guess, uh, but it's London. London has 165 all vegan restaurants now, 165. Berlin has 83, but you know what I find even more amazing than Berlin having 83? Mexico City has 80 vegan restaurants, 80 in Mexico City. I've traveled all over Mexico in the 70s and 80s, and I'll tell you what, you couldn't find anything vegan to eat down there other than beans, rice, avocado. I mean, there's plenty of things, but there was no food, you know, marketed as vegan. And here there's 80 vegan restaurants in Mexico City. And the biggest chain of retail store vegan stores 100% vegan stores is Mr. Tofu down there in Mexico and they have 15 vegan stores scattered all over Mexico amazing huh are we at the tipping point where do you see it because there's as Charles Dickens said it was the best of times it was the worst of times we see this explosion we see these vegan companies going public we see people uh, adopting uh, we see new vegan restaurants but then we also see that globally meat consumption is still on the rise yeah uh that's true globally i think you know when i look back at the last 40 years from my lens you can see when there was nothing the absolute there was the sales of vegan foods intentional vegan foods in grocery stores the whole category was zero dollars and zero cents and now you know you look at it and you have this multi-billion dollar industry i believe in the next 40 years we will 
hit a real, I mean, tipping points, there's a lot of tipping points, but one tipping point would be when we hit 51% market share of the protein market. And I think within the next 40 years, that tipping point will come. I mean, this is not well, a fact. This to, isn't going away. I hate to uh, be uh, dropping uh, raindrops on that scenario, but we don't have 40 years. I mean, if we look at the climate crisis, we, there are those who say we have to transition to plant-based protein within 10 years or we will cross too many boundaries because of the horrific impact uh, of animal agriculture on deforestation, habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, uh, greenhouse gases, methane, nitrous oxide, and that the world governments, because they're essentially co-opted by the meat and dairy industry and the pharmaceutical industry, which is pretty much one and the same, because a lot of those pills you're taking, you wouldn't need if you were plant-based, cholesterol-lowering pills and numerous other pills, um, that that we, we just don't have 40 years to make this transition. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, every ecosystem, major ecosystem on the planet is in decline right now. And so we need to find all different ways of living and eating. Um, that's for sure. But, you know, even the, you look at, incremental change as as happens because that is often you know as we as animal activists you know we want big change to happen as fast as we can i'm just saying that realistically uh and we do need that you know but i think that it'll it'll take time but we we will get there and i think that you know even a person that is cutting back on their meat right now um, is gonna be very helpful to the situation. And, uh, you know. So let me ask you this final question. We're almost out of time. Why you? What was it about your life, your life experience that, what's your rosebud? Why are, why are you the man who is saving <laughs> millions of turkeys and, and introducing the world to this incredible alternative that's so tasty? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that there are, uh, there's a lot of people that you can thank, you know, for the, getting to this point that we are today. And uh, I was just very lucky to have these uh, really kind and compassionate um, parents and upbringing in the fifties and sixties. Um, so, that was certainly a factor. And I guess um, I think that, you know, part of the secret to Tofurky and to our success has been just not taking ourselves too seriously and adding humor to it. You know, when you, like there was all these comedians and stuff that would come on the Tonight Show and they'd make Tofurky jokes. And, you know, we would laugh right with them because that was part of the plan. You know, we, we, once you share a joke or a laugh with somebody, it's a very bonding human experience, you know, that you remember for a long time. And I think that uh, we all need to look for the loving place in our hearts and the place where we can connect with people and not be shaming people, but find ways through love and positivity and beautiful, tasty vegan food to change their hearts and to change the world. Well, my last question, and it probably should have been my first question. The name is brilliant. 
It's combination of tofu and turkey, tofurkey. When did you have that brainstorm? Well, tofurkey uh, isn't my name that I created. In fact, in 1981, when I was going to health food stores to, in Portland to drop off my little tempeh uh, products, there was a tofurkey sandwich that was just this tofu that was marinated. And I would eat it every time I'd look forward to going to this one store where they sold it. And then in 1995, you know, my partners, they all wanted to name it like Stuffed Roast or Stuffed Tofu Roast Company or something crazy like that. And uh, I called up that company and I said, hey, do you mind if I use that? I said, no, we haven't sold that sandwich in 20 you know, years or so. So I was like, okay. I'll do it. <laughs> well, it's brilliant. You can't forget it. Tofurkey. And some people, yeah. when they give up a bad habit, they say they're going cold turkey. And I say, no, you're going cold tofurkey. Exactly. <laughs> so once again, tell us the title of the book and hold it up, please, so everybody can order it. It's such a great read. Um, there we go. Hold it back just a little bit so we can see it just a little bit better. Uh, there we go. Wild Tofurkey, in search of the wild tofurkey, how a business misfit pioneered plant-based foods before they were cool, but now they are cool. Seth Tibbet, uh, I hope everybody reads this book. I am half into it and I'm loving it. I'm learning so much. Uh, and please keep us posted because I know tofurkey is changing the world and I want to be on that ride. So thank you so much. Thank you, and happy Thanksgiving, Jane, and everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Tofurkey Day. <laughs> happy Tofurkey Day. I love it. Talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.